stuff I've ever had on the podcast as far as, did you hear that? That was a robot farting. No, that was my <laughs> speaker. Um, yeah, some of my favorite stuff I think I've ever had on the podcast as far as my personal taste. I'll, I'll, everything I have on, I like. It's just like Ben Harold in the rising style is what I would probably see me listening to more. Than, the, than anything else. Sometimes I'll listen to metal, heavier stuff, but it's not usually for very long. One or two songs. Same thing with country, old country. I'll put on five or six songs sometimes. Um, but this is on, you know, Ben Harold stuff's kind of along the lines of uh, John Mayer, Five for Fighting, even um, uh, Springsteen, Tom Petty. Kind of that kind of stuff that I hear in there. I'm sure there's, a, you know, I know there is a lot more to it than that. But especially with all the members' influences combined, the mate would, uh, you know, makes it unique what it is. Really good videos too. Make sure you, you know, go over to uh, Instagram or Spotify. Definitely Spotify and stream the music. Ben Harold and the Rising. It's just like Ben B E N and Harold A A R O L D and. uh the Rising, that was uh, just a ghost, like I said, but there's a whole album on there, and some new stuff coming up too, and they are out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or, or the, the the area, I don't know if they're, I don't, you know, they probably don't live downtown, they might, I don't know, probably spread out, but that's the area, probably the third person, from, uh, not person, but third uh, artist that have been on from um, Wisconsin, yeah, the, we had, uh, I think his name was Jay Arnold, Justin Jay Arnold, maybe, from up that way, way back in 50 podcasts ago. And Bill Bonifas, right there in Milwaukee, jazz guitarist. He was on about 20 shows ago, maybe not quite that many ago. Um, anyway, if you're in the Milwaukee area, check them out for sure. Um, you know, even though that this we recorded this a couple of days ago, it was after, right after the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, court thing, which I'm not going to bring that up, and I, and I, why I'm saying that is I didn't bring that up in the interview, I just didn't want to go into all that, and then they had the, they actually had that, uh, the looting and stuff the day after that we did the interview, but I, I didn't, uh, just in case you're wondering, you know, why didn't you ask him about that, it's just, you know, we're musicians, so <laughs> sometimes I'll, you know, I'll make a political comment here and there on the show, but I'm not going to drag the guest into that. Um, well, you know, if they bring it up, cool. I'll talk about it with them. I don't care. But um, there's no point in two musicians on a music show really getting too deep into it. So I didn't uh, bring that up. But anyway, back to Ben Harold. 
definitely go to check out the videos. The videos are really good. That's what caught my eye. I saw one of the videos on Instagram and then, you know, contacted the uh, Ben Harold's people in there and he, they connected Ben and uh, myself and uh, to get him on the show. Because I, I, I do find artists that way sometimes, but I don't just ask every single artist that's on there. Um, I, you know, I usually ask to... I have to like it, <laughs> so, and a lot of the usually on locally, I'll have anybody that's uh, in the Salt Lake area on just that that has gigs, and you know that's generally what I kind of boil it down to. Do you have shows, or and or something online, Spotify, iTunes, so forth? That's because you know, I, I kind of feel like if you've made it that far, you're at that point where this show would do you some good, where you could, uh, you know, I'm introducing people to the to the musicians and stuff. So, you know, I always wonder how many of the musicians that I've had on the show, it's 100 and episode 118 or something, I don't know. I um, wonder how many are, are actually still together, are still making music, or, you know, it's kind of crazy to think about. I should, uh, I should do a episode where I just do a couple of five-minute phone calls and just see where everybody's at. Um... <laughs> But anyway, I want to play you out. I don't want to thank Ben for being on the show. We kind of pulled it off pretty quick, and he was a cool guy to talk to. And I can't recommend uh, Ben Harold and the Rising music enough. It's really, uh, really good, so check it out. And uh, coming up next is my interview with Ben. <laughs> Joining me now is Ben Harold. How are you doing? Doing real well, man. How you doing? Good. Thanks for calling in. I know it was kind of a last minute uh, setup, but I appreciate you doing it. Yeah, no, no problem. Are you calling me? It sounded like you were from the Milwaukee area, maybe. You got it, man. Milwaukee-based band. Cool. So, that... Yeah, way out here in the cold north. Yep, yeah, and uh, yeah, I had a guy on not too long ago from there. His uh, name was. He was a jazz guitarist, uh, Bonipas, William Bonipas. I don't know if you know him. No, I haven't heard of him, no. Yeah, he does. He's kind of a, probably in a different different circle than uh, what you're, where you play at. He's, <laughs> he's like a hard, like a hardcore jazz guitarist there. Um, so, your ba- so your band's uh, been Harold and the Rising. Mm-hmm. And your latest release is these days, I guess. Is that, that's like an EP, I guess, wouldn't it be? No, it's an LP. Yeah, okay. we put 10 songs in that. Yeah. Okay, maybe I didn't see all 10 of them when I was listening. I listened to probably five or six of them a couple of times in a row since yesterday. But, you know, I haven't, I don't know if I've had anybody on the show that's kind of your style. It, um, I like what you do a lot. It's just kind of, it's kind of different from what's coming out these days, I think, which is a good thing. Thanks. What, uh, what do you think it's, uh, I don't know what kind of. I guess it's kind of pop, and it's. I don't know. What do you think? What kind of genre do they easily stick in? Well, I mean, it's it's heavily influenced by. Uh, I just in the band we have we have a lot of eclectic influences, but I, I think it's it's more heavily influenced by because uh, I write the songs. Um, I grew up listening to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, 
And, okay. uh, and I went traveling Wolverines with all that. And so for me, I think my style is always kind of leaning that direction. Uh, I, we, we tend to call it Americana rock, which is, I know, fairly generic, but the fact of um, how we try to write the stories, uh, you know, a very Amer- Americana style of, of lyric writing. And then when it comes to the style, we, you know, it, it, when I'm writing it, it's really from a place of, of that sort of a rock yeah. entry into it. And then, and then when you bring in the other band members, bringing in their own styles, the songs, it, it sometimes just morphs into whatever it's going to be. And I, I think that's, that's kind of the, the little niche that we found is a lot of people have said that they're like, uh, you know, there's, there's some connection to the past here. But yet, there's a modern style to it that's uh, that's fresh. So I I think that just comes from the fact that the the band all adds their input onto it, and it becomes kind of its own thing, which is great, you know. Yeah, it was it was really refreshing to come across your band. I I came across a song on on Instagram. I think it's called Ghost or uh, Just a Ghost. Just yeah. a Ghost. Yeah, yeah. That and it was uh yeah, I was like, there's nothing like this out here right now. This is probably my hundred and thirtieth show, maybe. I don't think I've had any kind of music like yours on. I, I don't even know. You know, I haven't come across too much of it these days. It's either it either seems like it's kind of way throwback metal kind of stuff, or either there's a lot mm-hmm. of you know different kind of things. But yeah, what, when you said Tom Petty, it kind of made sense. That's kind of mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking of that when I heard it, but now that you say it, um, I was I was kind of thinking John Mayerish type. Oh yeah, sure. There's a little bit of that too. Yeah, yeah, that would be kind of where like you would be a, a good opening act for him for or something like that, you know. Even yeah, feel be, free feel free to pass that along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, unfortunately, I don't ever talk to the guy. <laughs> no. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I've uh, I've actually worked at two of his shows when he came in here. I'm in La Salle Lake City area now, and uh. Oh sure. It's kind of funny. The last show we did, I worked for with him at. Uh, he was, it was kind of a private party but it was huge it was in an arena because it was like a corporation and they had hundreds and hundreds of employees and he wouldn't he wouldn't leave they were they were trying to go home (laughs) and he wouldn't stop playing they had to pretty much drag him off the stage Um, and it wasn't it wasn't the audiences wanting him to either it was just him because because i like i said it was a private party so a lot of his fans you know they weren't even there they were just like you know but yeah um I'll go ahead and so what's what's the other members of your band? We got uh, uh Kyle Crumbless plays bass, Ken Zobler plays electric guitar, uh Dan Colasari plays keys, and Joe Howard plays drums. Cool. Yeah, they're yeah. all talented guys. Um when and have you been with those guys very long? Yeah, I I mean I've known a lot of them for almost ten years. Um I played with a, a played with most of them in other settings during that whole time uh but when it when it was down to putting this band together it was really who do i think are the best not not necessarily even the best musicians although i I think i hold them really high in regard in that situation but i i really wanted to put together a band of people that liked being together that i thought could be creative uh partners that that would work well off of each other and and so, really, it was the first choices I had for for a band. These were the guys that I I really wanted to be in it, and and it's 
paid off because the music the music will work itself out if you have talented artists but you, you got to be able to like each other you got to be able to to complement each other stylistically and uh and i think that's just that's showing itself in the music yeah those guys are all top-notch uh players it seems like as far as the Mm-hmm. Their overall sound too, so I don't think you have any have any worries as long as you get along with them, <laughs> like you were saying. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. No divas, no divas. <laughs> now, do you do any solo gigs? Yeah, sure, all the time, uh, especially this time of year when it gets real cold out and uh, the gigs kind of space themselves out in this area. Anyway, we, um, you know, we're all we're all doing the music thing full time, but we also have jobs. Each yeah, of yeah, us, yeah. Uh, apart from apart from one of us. So it's that kind of balance of, okay, this is sort of the stock up for, you know, for the summer, get ready to gear up for the the big touring season. But uh, yeah, during this time, I like to keep myself fresh and and get out and do as many solo shows as I can. Uh, Generally, they're pretty like, almost like this podcast where I'll get a call or uh, an email uh, the week or two before, a couple days before saying, hey, can you play the show? Yeah, and uh, it, it works out fine. So you know, you, you kind of just go with it and see what happens, and then by February it starts filling up real quick. So, so you do, but yeah, you probably do cover tunes during that too, right? Yeah, when you're doing solo stuff, people tend to to want the three or four hour shows. So I'll I'll, I'll put in some stuff in there. And, and oh, go ahead. I was just saying that probably the next question is what what am I covering? It's usually. Uh, it's usually stuff along that same lines, you know, some petty stuff, some, yeah. some John Mayer stuff, a couple of Ryan Adams tunes here and there, a couple, okay. of, you know, just kind of hitting up some stuff that I feel stylistically influenced me. Yeah, and I was going to ask you, um, did, so what, what about with the whole band? Do you guys do covers too, or just mainly stick original with that? Well, it's funny. I I, I really felt the importance to write this newest album because I had I had done an album. Uh, in 2019 called Solace that um, the drummer for this band played on as well, but the band wasn't together then. It was more of a solo project. And and I was like, well, if I'm going to do shows, I can't have just 10 songs. So I felt the importance to start writing pretty quickly for this album so that I could do a two-hour show without having to worry about having a ton of covers in there. Yeah. So uh, when, when we do shows, we have, we have a selection of covers we can do. Um, but we generally wind up only having to do one or two. Um, and then, of course, we're, we're working on another album now. I'm in the process of writing a bunch of stuff. So we're, we're trying to get to the place where if we do a cover live, it's by choice. It's what we want to do. Um, and Or it's because we really love the song and we really want to play it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you have a good connection with a song, it's good to... It'll come off that way. Yeah. It also comes For off sure. the opposite if you if people can kind of tell if you hate the song you're doing. I have to do that sometimes. <laughs> oh man, I know. I bet. Yeah, you can feel it. Yeah, we we um, we actually did wind up recording a cover for this album. It, it never made the cut. Um, just time wise, we didn't have. Uh, but we have a uh, recording that we may release later on, just as a single. Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. We covered uh, Jason Isbell's White Man's World. Oh, okay. And, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. What about, um, is Milwaukee got a pretty good scene up there? 
Yeah, you know, um, the, the, the talk about it was when I was first getting into doing music was that Milwaukee is a cover cover song town, and that was basically it. And, and it was easy to make money if you're a cover band there, but if you're an original band, good luck. Yeah. But, <clears throat> you know, but since I started, I, I've actually... I, I don't think that's true anymore. There's there's a uh, there's this sort of uh, wave of original music appreciation, uh, and and I think it's been there in certain areas. But I, I feel like in Milwaukee and in Greater Wisconsin, uh, we've been surprised sometimes when we'll go to play shows where you 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 get the response from the original music and you're not getting it from the cover song. So. Um, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, but I think you should take some credit for that because, you know, when I was listening to your stuff, it's almost like, you know, it's easy to see it going over really good because it's such well-written songs and you kind of think, oh, thanks, you almost think like, uh, man, I've got, that's a, I've heard, either, either I've heard that or it should be on the radio right now. <laughs> and so people <laughs> so people probably respond a lot better to your stuff than they do uh, maybe some hardcore metal original Stuff, well, you know. thanks, man. <laughs> I appreciate you know. it. We got some. We got some good friends with some metal bands around here. The uh, there's a guy, uh, the Avenues, and a band called Sacred, and even they have some pretty decent success. But yeah, you're right. Uh, they tend to do better, uh, you know, in like Canada or out west than they do here in here. In town. Are, so, yeah, here are those kind yeah, of bands sure. have to play like four bands to one show kind of thing. They don't, yeah, because it's all 45 minutes of song. <laughs> yeah, and they don't make a lot of money, but. uh and I basically, yeah. I, I have to play cover tunes to make money out here. It's not a, it, the scene's mm. kind of strange out here. It's uh because all my songs are instrumental, so I, they won't book me three hours to do that. I'll rock oh. everybody out of the place. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but out here, it's kind of weird. Everybody's in, to make a living out here as a musician, which I don't try to do anymore. Most of, most people mm. are in three or four bands. <laughs> Which, yeah, you got to diversify. I, you're super diversified, man. I, I saw all the stuff you're doing, you know, with lessons and and uh, just getting out and playing in different styles. Yeah, you got to be diversified and hustle to make your way. Yeah, I'm kind of on the downslope of it now. You know, I'm 53 years old, so I kind of just play one or two gig cover gigs a month and kind of record mm -hmm. a song here and there and leave it at that. But, um, mm -hmm. but you guys will probably do pretty well down here. There's a, there's a band called Royal Bliss that comes up there a lot. You may have heard, um, they actually are kind of big in Milwaukee called Royal Bliss, oh. but they, they're from here, but for some reason they're really, uh, they're signed and all, but they're really big up in Wisconsin area and stuff. They're kind of like oh. a nineties, Pearl Jamish type thing, but uh, they anyway they own a bar here called the Royal, and you guys would uh, go over really good in there. Oh yeah, ever, I'll give them a call. Sometime. Yeah, if you ever get down this way, you could, there's a I'm sure there's a few places you could you could do. Um, nice. Yeah. Do you play any lead guitar, or are you are you just mainly the rhythm guy? Yeah. I, I attempt to. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm I've I was slow coming into that. I started I started on rhythm, uh, acoustic stuff. So kind of self taught. Mom mom gave me four chords and bought me a guitar. You know, and uh, and so I've been late to the game getting into that. So I keep trying to improve every every day on, on that. But when you have when you have a guy who can play the way he plays, you know, next to you. There's there's not often opportunity or, or need for me to jump in and try to take a line when when I know what he's going to do is going to be that much yeah. better. And, and with Ken, like I, I remember the first time he and I got together just to play, we were already kind of friends. I was playing in a, a '90s cover band up here, 
that he would back up. He was our, our backup lead guitarist. And I remember playing with him in that and thinking that was great. And when we first kept, got together for this project, I started playing a song, um, it was Walk Away, one of the songs that was on the album. And he starts playing what he came up with. And it, I, I, you know, people say this and it's usually just, you know, they're just saying it, but just the honest truth what he was playing was exactly what was in my head, and I had never told him. I <laughs> yeah. mean, so you get a guy that's that good, but also understands your music as well as you understand it from the get-go. There's there's not a lot of times where I really need to try to, try to do anything. Yeah. And I, I'm still learning and, and getting getting through. You know, if we're playing a cover, I, I can I can play the line that's written for it, but I gotta, I'm still working on my own style, you know? Yeah. But but you, as far as writing goes, you write you write the stuff on acoustic, probably, huh? Uh, you know, I did a lot of that, especially with the the first album in, in 2019. But as I've transitioned into this one, um, it's amazing how often I'm, I'm more inspired writing on the electric, which you wouldn't think. But um, yeah, when you get a tone that just sounds right, um, you just you start to you start to just sing with it. You know, it just comes out. Yeah. So it's about fifty fifty at this point. Yeah, that's true. And uh, what uh, what's a couple of your um, what kind of guitars do you play? I got a, I got a few. I got a lot of guitar players that listen to this show. They always get mad if I don't ask. <laughs> the gear, the gear, they... man. I, I love the gear. I I'm I'm a minimalist, but I like to have I like to have the right tone. I know you got something like thirty guitars or something, don't you? Nah, I I used to. I'm down to around seven. I I only pretty much play a Gibson three thirty five now. Ever since I got that, uh, I, don't, I don't care about oh, anything man, else. I don't even care that's, about that's what I want. I want one of those, man. That's the next purchase after we pay off this home. Yeah, since, um, since I've got it, I haven't um, touched my Strat Telecaster or Les Paul one time. So. Wow! Wow! Uh, what 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 uh, color you got on that? It's it's the kind of tobacco burst, you know. I'm kind of a Larry Carlton mm. freak, so he, I got the one he plays. But um, Heck yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I, I would highly I, I suggest would, it. I would love to get a 335. <laughs> that's that's my that that's my hope. Uh, my my main instruments right now are for for my my main electric. The one I play the most is a is a '63 Telecaster reissue. It's uh, it's the tobacco burst, basically the one that that uh, Bruce Springsteen uses. Um, it's uh, well, one of the ones he uses. It's the uh, rosewood fretboard, and man, this thing—they basically made it like it was made in '63, just yeah. with, with the more modern, the modern things that you you'd want on it. Um, and I, I, from the moment I played that thing, playing it acoustically, not even just walking around the house playing it, you feel you feel that that body just ring out so you it's got a great natural acoustic sound mm. so when you plug it in that all comes through um it, it's so easy to play i love it i run it through a princeton reaper yeah um that's good and for i your, put that in, oh yeah for your type of music i put an el nico el nico speaker in there i i like the smaller amps man i i feel like there's a lot you can do with them you know? Yeah, I use a really small. People don't. People, I see these guys lugging these giant amps into this bar as I play. Mm-hmm. I, I, I take a little bitty fifteen watt Fender uh, what, yeah. Bluesman. That's what I use. It's like a little yeah. Bitty 15 those are watt fantastic, amp. man. <laughs> those are fantastic I, amps. I never turn it past three at any of the bars. I mean, these guys are lugging in Marshall yeah. stacks and stuff. 
Absolutely. Yeah, the, the most I've had to turn this up to is four when you're playing a, a large event. You put even then, yeah. uh, that that's pushing it. You know, you don't need to crank them. Um, yeah, I, I my my wannabe three thirty five right now is a Gretsch G two six two. It's uh, it's this new. Uh, it's basically their version of a three thirty five. Yeah, those, are, um, really those nice. are good guitars though. Yeah, yeah, I've been very happy with it. In fact, we recorded two of the songs on the album with it because it just sounded so so rich. You know, Gretsch always has a really interesting uh, tone with their humbuckers compared to, you know, yeah. more of a, a Fendery humbucker. So I, I love it, and when I get a 335, I'll still keep it because I just I think it looks great, it plays great. And then uh, my stick is a uh, Martin OM28E Retro, so it's the... Uh, it's their their OM28, but uh, for the electronic system, Fishman recorded their 1931 museum piece on seven vintage microphones, and then embedded that sound into the the sound system on on it's like a 27-bit processor on the guitar for when you plug it in. Yeah. So you can you can pull out that sort of essentially what it means is when you plug in the play, you you have sort of a, it sounds like a 3128 OM2080 coming through uh, uh, being mic'd and coming through the speakers that way so it just gives it a really nice balanced mix so it's, it makes makes playing solo a lot more fun that's for sure yeah I mean you got you guys got a really good sound on your on the stuff I heard too as far as the production and all goes do you guys record yourselves or do you go to a studio or yeah so uh, we have our own little space Actually, our guitarist Ken Dobler, he mixed the whole thing. He he's got all the mics. He's got the the, the mixing station. He 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 does a lot with sound. Uh, he's a tech down at Northwestern oh, okay. um, University in Chicago, and and so this is his thing. He's been working in studios for for his whole working life basically, and um, and so he's and with his ear for. For balance and, and where you want to put things in the mix, uh, I, I've never met anyone who can do it better. And and so when it came to finding tones, it was it was literally like I'm playing in this frequency in this tone range. What what we're going to do is find what complements that with your instrument. Yeah. And and a lot of the times it was what we we're already doing because we we're very cognizant of that when we play live. Um, this is the first band I've ever been in where we can where we sounded really big. But when you're on stage, nothing sounds too loud. Nothing, you know, everything is balanced. You can hear it all acoustically, It'll, let alone having it come through the monitors. Yeah, that's so, the best um, way to do it. it. I, I for think. sure. Because you want to enjoy it, too. You want to feel like you can hear every part of it, too, you know? Yeah, and a lot of people, depending on where you play and all, but a lot of people don't even really like it that loud. And if they do, it still sounds better to get a really good stage volume and just let the PA push the volume yep. you know basically uh, too, yep. many, too many people get uh wrapped up and playing too loud <laughs> usually just gets <laughs> usually just gets you fired at a lot of the bars it always it starts <laughs> with the electric guitars man they, they just yeah, want yeah. to play loud here. well what i've always found in over the years i've been playing out forever but it, it's it's what will happen is 
the drummer will usually kind of get excited at a gig and kind of get his yeah. energy flowing, and he'll he'll kind of slowly creep up. And then the guitar player turns up over him. And then the drummer plays even uh-huh. louder, and then the guitar uh-huh. player goes by louder. Than that. <laughs> yep. It's a mess. Yep, it's a battle. By the end, everybody's too loud, and you can't hear anything. How I always, how <laughs> how I fixed that is I is I go I get a certain volume. I'll tell the drummer just to play a straight regular beat, nothing too loud, just kind of normal what he's going to be doing. And I'll play a chord yeah. and ma- and get get the sound out of one chord and I'll tell the band I'm not turning my guitar up past this no matter what you guys do so if you guys play louder you're just going to blow me uh-huh. up and it's going to sound like crap so I'm not turning it I'm going <laughs> it always brings them back down to where I'm at so I love it <laughs> it tends to work set the precedent set the precedent yeah. I love it <laughs> um, I mean our drummer our drummer Joe he's uh, he's a professional he went to school for this but he's just a natural he's been playing drums since he was four I think like uh in his dad's church you know he's yeah he's got it he's got it in him and and he I, I, he's kind of our band manager in that way too because he also works in the music industry but he when it comes to drumming uh volume tempo there's never a thing you're going to tell him <laughs> because he'll yeah. just gonna look at you like how dare you <laughs> I, I remember one time he's like give me a, he, was, he was doing a test he's like i Tell me, tell me a, a beat per minute and right now. And I'm like, okay, just give me a 120. And he starts rattling it out on his chest. And I pull up my metronome, and damned if he was exactly on. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's what makes a good drummer. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you were, you were uh, a minute ago talking about recording some new stuff. How, how long do you think it'll be before that's out? Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, we haven't started recording anything. I, I, I'm in the process now of writing. We, we recorded, uh, well, we, I wrote 18 songs for this last album. We used 10 for it. So we've got a few sitting in the box. Um, and basically what it comes down to is I, I start writing and I'll record them very, you know, just on my phone or something. And, and I'll post that into a shared folder for the whole band so that we can all start working on it. And, and then we'll get together, start playing them together, start getting into the rotation as we go out through the year. And then we, when we kind of look at schedules and figure out what's the best way and how do we do this next, that's when we'll figure out when we're going to get together and record. The recording process itself, uh, you know, wasn't supposed to take super long, but with COVID, it, it took quite a bit longer than we planned. So we're hoping this next time around yeah. we'll be able to... Just get in the studio, get it done within a short period of time. Are you going to just re- release a track at a time or the whole album at once? Or That's a really good question because, yeah, the world is a different place now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's tough because my heart is still back with the, the Petty and Bruce Springsteen. And, you know, these guys, you, you wrote an album because you're trying to tell a complete story. Yeah, it, all, it all fits together, yeah. And and that's really how we wrote this album. If if you listen to it from song one to song ten, it tells a complete story. That's the reason the songs are in the order they're in. Um, you know, so everything is very deliberate about that. So it's hard to it's hard to jump into the other world. But I think there's a way that we can kind of balance that out. I think I think we'll wind up releasing um, two, three, maybe four going into the next album as as sort of singles. But then when you when you release the full album, and they'll they'll all be on that together. Yeah. Sort of the John Mayer thing he did with his latest album. 
You know the you know mm-hmm. I've, what I've found of, of the problem with that can be. Um, I, I don't know about on all platforms, but for Spotify for sure, is like if you put yeah. an, if you put an album out, like say the Pink Floyd, The Wall, how it all has to go in order. People will put right. on put it. People will pull up the wall and then they'll hit play, but it shuffles it, so it's not. Oh yeah, Unless you go actually into your settings to change the shuffle thing off or the one thing, you're, you know. So dumb. <laughs> or you click the first song intentionally first. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, you're right. It just shuffles them. Yeah, so, so that's. Uh, well, and we we did try to write. We do try to write the songs to be interesting enough where you can listen to one or two and. Yeah, you know, on their own, and they sound like their own thing. They do tell a part of the story enough, and you know that's music anyway. Like, there's even if you were playing on the radio, the radio's not playing the entire album. You know, Born to Run came out; they didn't play the entire album on the radio. So I feel like there's there's uh, as long as the the songs can communicate to somebody and say something to them, they'll always be effective. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I've kind of kept you here for a bit, so I'll kind of get rolling here. We, oh, before I go, I was going to, I did remember while we were talking, there was one other guy I had on from Milwaukee. I think his name was, man, I want to say his name was Jay Arnold or Justin J. Arnold or something. You know him? Jay Arnold. Um, he's like a, a little familiar. I can't, I'm pretty, I know his last name is Arnold for sure. Yeah, he was, a, he's kind of a solo, I don't I think he's like an outlaw country guy, so you may not run into him much either, but. Oh yeah, Just no, I I haven't heard of him. No, um, let me think here, Milwaukee. Yeah, look him up. He might be a little further up, uh, maybe a little above Milwaukee. I think he said something okay. about Bonnie. What's it, Bonavir or whatever? They're from Wisconsin. Yeah, sure. He said he was pretty yeah. close to wherever that is. Oh, or, he would have been out in like Eau Claire, probably. Yeah, I yeah, guess, probably so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, before we go, go give everybody all your uh, info. Your social medias and website, whatever. Yeah, um, I think the best way to find us is simply go to benheraldmusic.com. That'll get you to all the socials. But uh, if anyone's on social media, they can find us at all of them on at benheraldmusic. And that's we try inc- to keep everything the same. And that includes YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you just go to uh, YouTube and type it, for that one, it's different. You got to go to just type in Ben Harold and the Rise. Okay, yeah, because that's because uh, I I think the I think the videos are really good. I think people would probably enjoy that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, a lot of not. Yeah, every, I always like watching the videos too. Yeah, not everybody Other that comes on the show videos. has videos. About I'd say it's probably a half and half. So okay, sure. But uh, yeah, if you want to see what our pretty faces look like, go to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because he kept bringing up Springsteen, even though that's kind of what I thought of when I first saw you, but I didn't. Uh, think of it as the sound and all it just kind of seems like it was the same kind of energy on stage the same kind of oh yeah. that kind of thing yeah well that's it i mean we 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 all had a deep appreciation for him and our our drummer certainly has seen him like 18 times and like we love that energy one of the covers we do is uh their live version of atlantic city and yep. if there was a song i wish i wrote that was the one you know. Yeah, I love that whole Nebraska album. I jam it all oh, the time. Um, for sure, man. Well, before you go, though, do you, do you guys got any gigs lined up soon? Or? Yeah, uh, we got a couple in the works right now. We're going to be playing on the 24th in Appleton, which is just north of Milwaukee, about an hour and a half north, um, at the Appleton Beer Factory. We're uh, looking for another Appleton show um, that's coming up in December. 
uh, at a place called Gibson's. Um, we're not sure about the date of that yet. We're still working that out with them. And uh, we're otherwise, I've got a solo thing coming up in Lake Mills at, at a place called Pyramid in November. But they, people can find all that information out on, on your song website, kick yeah. or uh, on the website, yeah. com. So, yeah, uh, it, it, like I said, this time of year, it tends to be like, oh, next week, doing a show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not so far ahead. Yeah, it's kind of that way here, too. Um, well, man, I appreciate you calling me. Yeah, if you ever get a chance to come down here, let me know. Just you got to hang on to my number, and then I, I can hook you up with some people. And you could at least pull out three or four, maybe five gigs around this area if you ever got wanted to do something like that. That'd be awesome, man. I, I, know, I know it's hard it. with a regular job because I, I do that, too. So. <laughs> well, uh, well, we're tra- we're working our way forward just the one you know yeah. so hopefully not too long yeah it won't be long um all right man well i appreciate you calling and uh have a good rest of your weekend all right you too jeff thanks a lot yep and i'll uh i'll make sure i shoot you that this will probably come out next saturday and i'll uh, okay. i'll shoot you the spotify link over to your number here um soon awesome. as, as soon as it does it'll be on spotify and apple and stitcher and all those things very cool, man. Thanks. I love that you do this. It's pretty cool. Yep. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Sounds good. Bye-bye. Later. Thanks to uh, Ben Harrell for calling in. Another uh, another kick-ass uh, band out there. Got some good music in Milwaukee, man, and Wisconsin. But back here in Utah, my band, Jeff Lawrence and Warhorse, will be at the cabin in Park City, Utah. Next Saturday, as the recording of this goes now, but that will be January, I'm jumping, December 4th, December 4th at 9 o'clock, play a set from 9 to 10, and then back on at 10.30 till 1, I want to say, no, 9.30 to 10.30, then back on at 11 to 1, that's the cabin in Park City, a really cool place, and if you know, there's a DJ there too in the downstairs of the bar, if you don't, if you want to freaking, uh, bust a move <laughs> people don't say bust a move anymore but i'm still i still i'm saying it so if you want to bust a move you can go down and do that for about an hour come back up and check us out <clears throat> but anyway and then after that december 10th at tailgate tavern in salt lake city right there on state street it's gonna have a fill-in drummer that night so it's gonna be a little different but we'll roll with it and see what happens and then on uh following saturday from there december 18th we'll be back at the notch pub in camas utah that's kind of up in the mountains i don't even know if anybody that listens to this will be heading up that way but you never know camas utah uh, mirror lake highway the notch pub then new year's eve december 31st of course back at hopkins brewing company down in sugar house 
Salt Lake City kind of east side. Anyway, I appreciate you guys. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, and uh, rate this podcast wherever you listen to it on, whether it's on a Apple, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, or on Anchor, where I record the podcast for. Appreciate you doing that. You can make a <clears throat> donation there, or you can go to Venmo.com slash Jeff dash Lawrence dash 48 if you want to donate to the show, or you can just uh, go right over to anchor.fm slash Jeff dash Lawrence, <clears throat> and you can donate to the show that way. That helps me keep it going. I don't really make any money doing this at all, so if I, t- if I told you how much, you would say, why the hell are you doing that show? I ain't doing it for the money. I can tell you that, peeps. But uh, it does help. It does help me with the production costs. I do have to get equipment every now and then and take time out of the, you know, to do it and, and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, make sure you check out Ben Harold and The Rising on all platforms as well as me, Jeff Lawrence, J.S. Lawrence, or Jeff Lawrence and War Wars. I got them under all those. Um, my latest song, Lone Wolf, is doing great, and I appreciate you guys that are streaming and downloading Lone Wolf, and that's released under Jeff Lawrence. Back to my actual name. Anyway, till next time, uh, I'll see you. Well, yeah, happy Thanksgiving. That's, this is a Thanksgiving episode. <laughs>